my daily TV habits are, um, well, I, I, I don't put the TV on much before one o'clock. I might put it on at noon and catch the last hour of the Virginian on Grit. Um, it's a channel that carries Western themed TV shows and movies, mostly movies. But they do carry the Virginian. Um, they also carry, I believe, Laramie is on also. Yep. And there's a number of other Western TV themed shows from the 50s and 60s that are highlighted on uh, Grit. And if you can put up with the TV commercials, which is a tall order, um, you can, um, you know, you can enjoy these, these, these programming, the programming that is offered. Um, my only other channel I tune into pretty much on TV is MeTV. I switch over to that channel at around uh, 7 o'clock. MASH comes on at night. Um, but in the afternoon, uh, Saturday afternoon, there's a whole slew of westerns on. Um, and I enjoy them immensely. Uh, at Rawhide, um, you've got uh, other great shows that come on after that. Um, Wanted Dead or Alive with Steve McQueen. Before that is uh, before that show comes on, we have a half hour of uh, Have Gun Will Travel with Richard Boone. And he plays a man called Paladin. That's his name. It's on his business card that he gives to each character at every opening scene of every show. Um, and some other great shows. So there's a total slew of westerns, and I enjoy them very much. That's quickly becoming my favorite genre, if it isn't already. I like comedy. I like Bonanza because Bonanza gives us a little comic relief in the in the whole way that show pans out. Characters are can be humorous. Hoss, played by Dan Blocker. He's awesome. And we have Little Joe, played by uh, Michael Landon. Ben Cartwright, the patriarch of the Ponderosa. He is uh, none other than Lon Green. So we have great characters, uh, great guest stars, great character actors traipsing through. Um... We have gunslingers, sheriffs, marshals, we have undertakers, we have stagecoach drivers, we have stagecoach passengers, we have stagecoach robberies, we have mishaps on the trail, we have horses on the trail, lots of horses. Horses are the fixture of the Western, just like the gun, the wanted poster that tension, you know. Westerns have the ingredients of color and excitement and uh, character development, character play out. And, uh, the demise of these characters are understandable, usually with given the plot lines. Uh, the antagonist-protagonist tension is palatable. 
Uh, we have color. We have black and white. We have interior sound stages. We have exteriors. We have landscapes. Sweeping landscapes of Texas, New Mexico, Nevada, Kansas. All different kinds of scenery come into play. Said before on previous podcasts, I like it when it rains, when there's rain and stormy weather in scenes. Because um, you know life isn't perfect. Weather throws, weather has been is thrown at you, you know, and uh, we all have to deal with it. And seeing how these characters deal with the weather in these situations uh, is very interesting. So weather plays an important part. Not every day can be a beautiful day. Real life brings bad weather sometimes, you know. Um, there's heat. There's cold. There's snow. Um, there's parched land. There's a desert landscape. There's the prairie. The plains. Townscapes, interesting towns that are highlighted or showcased on these shows. So I like my westerns. I like, I enjoy watching them. TV goes on at around one o'clock, sometimes maybe a little before, where I catch the uh, remaining segments of uh, Virginia because I don't want to put the TV on much before noon. Typically, it's on at one, and it starts with Gunsmoke, one of my favorite shows. It's followed by Bonanza. Gunsmoke stars uh, James Arnaz, or Arnes, and he plays uh, he plays Marshall. Um, I'll come back to his his name, uh, Marshall Matt Dillon. Right, Marshall Matt Dillon. And the town that's uh, showcased on that show is Dodge City. Bonanza, uh, we have a town called Virginia City. It's near Reno. It's a huge tract of land, the Ponderosa. Of course, it's fictional, but it gives us a sense that it's a real place. That show stars Lauren Green as Ben Cartwright. Michael Landon as Little Joe. Dan Blocker as Haas. Pernell Roberts played Adam on earlier uh, series uh, episodes, earlier earlier seasons. He left the show, I think, after the third season um, in a disgruntled manner. Didn't, didn't, didn't enjoy doing the show at all, you know. Uh, all the better, you know, I mean... You know, it's one thing to have a great character, but if he's not working with the others and has no enthusiasm, it can show in the work, you know, although he did put in good performances consistently. Um, I like going on IMDb. It's a website that carries uh, descriptions of TV shows, uh, love beloved TV shows from Andy Griffith to Bonanza and... Uh, I like the section where it talks about trivia and also mentions goofs, production goofs, shadows of cameras and boom mics shown. 
um, most involve uh, bad props, breakaway bottles that start to leak before uh, they're utilized at hitting over the head of the antagonist, wherever is involved. Um, there's costume malfunctions. Uh, there are uh, close-ups versus uh, back shots or uh, medium shots that uh, conflict with each other, mostly about wardrobe, as I said. So it's interesting to read about them and then watch the show and look for these mistakes. Rifleman, The Rifleman is another great show. It comes on after Bonanza, and it has its share of uh, goofs. And that's what they call them, goofs. So go on IMDb, uh, call up your favorite episode of whatever show or movie, you know, just name your movie, talk into your mic on your phone. Uh, IMDb will be like one of the first websites to come up. Click on that. You'll get the whole lowdown. You'll have the story description. You'll have photos. You'll have the cast portraits or photos. Uh, in no particular real order, except the, f- the main cast is mentioned, is shown first as you scroll across, uh, and then uh, and then a description of the show. It's a little more detail than the, the above description. I like to read the descriptions. Sometimes I read them a couple of times, to make sure I got it down. And I like to watch my TV shows that way. Sue me if I'm wrong. Um. The Westerns end with The Rifleman. It goes into Adam 12. I like that show. Um, MeTV switches over at, after Adam 12. They do two, two half-hour Adam 12s. It's followed by The Adams Family. I'm not a big Adams Family uh, show uh, watcher, so I'll switch to Grit, back to Grit, and I'll get my show called Tales of Wells Fargo. That stars um, uh, Dale Robertson and uh, William Demarest. And um, he's sort of the second banana on that show. Another show, another character, or uh, another uh, show star on a few, few of the seasons, or a couple at least, is Jack Jang. He actually gets a credit before William Demarest at the opening titles. And uh, and then we go into, um, after Tales of Wells Fargo, we go into um, MASH. I switch back to MeTV and I enjoy my, my MASH. I like my two episodes in a row. I look forward to them on a daily basis, except on Saturdays where they don't show that, they don't put that show on Um, but Sunday through Friday uh, is MASH and it's a wonderful show Uh, it stars uh, as Hawkeye Benjamin Franklin Pierce is uh, Alan Alda Mike Farrell is BJ Honeycutt Um, previous shows first three seasons was Wayne Rogers as Trapper John, M.D. We have uh, Harry Morgan playing Colonel Potter. 
or or it's Henry Blake as played by um, uh, I gotta come back to that because I'm forgetting his name um, and we have Loretta Swit who plays Hot Lips Houlihan Margaret Major we have uh, Charles Emerson Winchester played by uh, Major Charles Emerson Winchester III played by uh, I'll get his name I'm, I'm getting uh, star blocked a little bit this morning um, uh, David Ogden Stiers um, we have Jamie Farr as Klinger Max Corporal Maxwell Klinger. We have Radar O'Reilly on the first several seasons, played by Gary Berghoff. And William Christopher, who plays Father, recently uh, promoted to Captain um, John Patrick Mulcahy, the chaplain of the MASH unit. It's the MASH 4077th, the 8063rd. It's also another MASH unit that is in a lot of the plot lines. We have the parade of characters. South Koreans, North Koreans, Chinese. Uh, American soldiers, of course. Uh, these are wounded that come in through the hospital whether they're American or South Korean or North Korean, the attitude of the camp is to take care of any body that needs attention. And these doctors are total professionals. And there's goofs unmatched. There's inconsistencies. Uh, there's uh, little plot line issues, plot mistakes. There's uh, prop errors. There's dress errors. Continuity issues with most of these episodes, and this IMDb site calls them all out, calls every single one of them out. It's fun to watch the show after you've read about the mistakes, you can look for them. They tell you exactly what, what part of the show, you know, the first scene. Um, you know, uh, there's a there's a uh, scene where there's a cigar in a hand and then there's not a cigar in the hand on the on the medium shot um, the cigar is back in the ashtray or wherever it is uh, but you just notice that Hawkeye's hand doesn't have a cigar in it anymore um, I don't even know if he smoked a cigar on the show I'm just using that as a loose example just to give you an idea so IMDB it's a good place to check out and you'll get the whole lowdown on Western movies, TV shows, comedies. After MASH, I like Andy Griffith. It's good. It's it's on. I'm staying with BTV now, and I like my Andy Griffith show. It's got two in a row. Um, the earlier seasons are superior, probably, to the later seasons, certainly after Barney left, or Barney Fife, played by uh, Don Knotts. Um... So we've got great TV shows to enjoy. Uh, I hope you check out some of the westerns that I mentioned. The Rifleman with Chuck Connors and Johnny Crawford and Paul Fix. Uh, and uh, Gunsmoke with uh, Festus, played by Ken Curtis and 
Kitty Kitty Russell, who runs the saloon, played by Amanda Blake. Um, we have uh, Milburn Stone, or Milburn Sloan, who is the Doc Adams on the show. Always good to have a doctor there at the ready. Uh, I like the doctors on the on these westerns. They're old homespun docs. Uh, they know their trade they do it well. They save many a soul. A lot of them they can't save, but many they do. Uh, Whether it's a bad guy or a good guy, the doctor doesn't, you know, he's blind to that. It's all about caring, just like the MASH episode. If it's an American soldier or if it's a North Korean or if it's a Chinese, they're going to be attended to medically. And uh, the professionalism is apparent on all of these TV shows. So I, uh, even Andy Griffith is a decorum of professionalism within the office of the sheriff and the deputy. The public servants, after all. And the comedic situations that Don Knotts or Barney Fife get into in these shows is off the charts. So you, I really guarantee that you're going to enjoy these shows. And, uh, you know, check out my two TV stations, uh, my two TV networks, I should say. Grit, which should be available on most basic cable uh, setups, as well as BTV. And, you know, just get ready for a slew of commercials, um, many commercial interruptions. If you can get past that, you'll enjoy the show. They show the entire show in its entirety. Even though they managed to get in uh, a couple dozen commercials in that half hour. You know, it's amazing, actually. Uh, But if you can put up with uh, all the commercial messages, get past that, uh, you will enjoy Westerns, Western movies, and TV shows, and great old-time, tried-and-true comedies. You know, it's funny how you, if you stick with something, you know, just persevere, you're going to, you're going to come out victorious. That's my positive message for this segment of Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. Perseverance. You know, I, you really can't underestimate that aspect of our character, uh, of what, uh, you know, of what uh, propels ourselves. And um, I just had a huge stomach growl. I'm due for my morning yogurt. Um, sometimes I, I start with eggs in the morning. Uh, I don't eat until I'm up, up for a couple hours. I, I go immediately for the coffee part, uh, and, uh, the coffee part, as we say in Rhode Island, instead of pot. Um, but in any event, uh, I grab my, my morning Joe, you know, and it's actually Wicked Joe Coffee. Uh, which you can get in Market Basket. That's my coffee. That's uh, my mainstay. Uh, geez, it must be a couple months now I've stayed with that brand. 
Uh, it's it's one of my longest stays with a coffee brand. Um, my sister Janet and, and and my brother Pierre and and his wife Janet, um, sister-in-law Janet, uh, they like Pete's. Uh, that's that's sort of their go-to, um, and because uh, she, uh, we were in the uh, market basket the other day, the brand new one that just opened in Warwick uh, like last month, um, and uh, and any event we, we were just in the coffee section and uh, perusing the brands quickly because uh, we she had a lot of other groceries to get, well, quite a few items to get, um, and so we were. And she didn't go for the Wicked Joe. She went for the Pete's down the uh, slightly down the aisle a little more. So we we um, we you know we we vary our we vary our um, our coffee brands. Um, but um, I mean we vary from from what how we how we differ from what we like our tastes. You know our taste. Um, I I like Wicked Joe. And anyway, so I. I had my coffee and I have, um, but getting back to the point of perseverance, um, it paid off for me, um, just in the last, just this morning, really, um, the breakthrough, uh, in my design project, which is a 20 page booklet. And it's, um, it's a, a, a job that required a little bit of concentration, uh, uh, went to show the client and they wanted a change in the size of the program and uh, it was because of the font size they wanted it up larger and also wanted to put some of the photos uh, in, in, in the text uh, incorporated in with the with the running copy or the running text of the booklet and, the, and so the, the photos have to be strategically placed basically and uh, I had the order originally right on the first version. So the second version is larger, larger font, more readable, um, and easily easy, easier to read. Um, and, uh, and in so doing, I had to fact, bring in some different factors to fit the photos in with the running copy if they had to fit on the page near that copy. Sometimes it meant shrinking the photos down, uh, just the photo itself down to fit uh, as least as you can. You, you minimize the, the, the collateral damage, so to speak. You don't want the photo to be postage stamp, but you've got to bring it down. So you bring it down, and now once you've done that, you've basically, to format the book in correct spirit of the formatting, you should uh, bring down your other photos accordingly. Um, and they should be fairly accurate. In, uh, proportions should all uh, equate. Uh, my, the ending photo is, is, uh, takes up its own page, um, just the way the book worked out, because um, it, it had, um, had certain uh, excerpts in it and certain uh, new paragraphs uh, and spaces uh, just in certain spots uh, in the book. And you, so the consideration of the photos and the story's ending, or the, the, those parts of the story that have to end, uh, it, and then there's a photo, um, and making that fit page to page 
uh, and yesterday I ran into a, a log jam, and really, I, and I, I, I wisely did this before. I did a podcast a while back, probably over a year ago now, on my hike in where I got lost up in New Hampshire hiking. And um, what I did was I was lost, and uh, this was the days before you had GPS, and I was literally lost alone in the, in the woodlands of New Hampshire, um, off Kangamangus Highway, and um, in those woods there, in, in deep woods, in deep woods. Um, and and it, was a, it was a hair hair-raising experience um, to just be uh, on the trail and not know where, where you were and know that you were basically lost and uh, that, you know, your, your hope level, I guess, is always there. Um, I guess it was there for me that day. And, and, and so what, what I decided to do, though, was to, to, to just go ahead and, and uh, pitch camp uh, and settle in for the night and have, try to have a sleep. I was, you know, you, know, you, you have a good, good workout there and you now can uh, benefit from, from a good sleep. So I figured that would be, I had the presence of mind, uh, I guess, uh, at the time. Uh, and um, I, it, it, it was an amazing, amazing experience. I had, I had dinner, I, I, I used my camp stove and I, I, you know, I got into the experience of the wilderness as much as I could at the time. I'm sure I, at the time I must have been a little preoccupied with where I was, but I wasn't going to worry about it for the rest of the night. I can tell you that right now as I speak to you on this podcast. Uh, I, I did not, I basically uh, called it a night, retired for the evening, and I believe I had a good sleep and woke up the next morning fairly refreshed and I packed up and uh, I proceeded to find my way out and I did eventually find my way out. I, I came across a, a, a very underused road uh, cut into the woods um, and it was able to lead me to uh, my car. Uh, so uh, with that I can say that I will never hike alone again. Um, I, I don't, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I will ever hike again. Um, I guess it didn't, uh, it didn't dissuade me from the notion of, uh, hiking alone, but I probably would say the most prudent thing is to hike with at least another person. Um, it's probably more fun too, maybe. Um, I, I think there's a lot of good experiences that come out of, um, I've hiked with, I've hiked, I've camped with, with just one other friend, and it's been great. And I've camped with uh, more than one other friend, and my brother Claude and I camped out, did backcountry uh, overnighters. Um, I think we did a two-day, a three-day, where we did a two-overnighter. I know we did a couple of those. Uh, we 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 took it seriously uh, in the early uh, the early nineties. Uh, it was really a, 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 a trekking uh, point in my life, and um, I, I'm rich from experiences from it. Um, I recorded it on video. I had my video camera a lot on these trips, 
um, and I used video, um, but I it was back before digital, and those five those tapes were somehow we lost those tapes, so I don't have those memories from uh, hiking with Claude and I. And I would like to also get Claude to to kind of reminisce because he has such vivid memories of our hikes. Uh, he, he 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 can recreate a hike. Really, he really can. He can recreate a hike with the visual, the, the whole sensory aspect of it uh, can be brought into play with Claude's descriptions of, of hikes and rambles uh, throughout New England, uh, not just New Hampshire, but Connecticut. Connecticut featured a lot on our rambles. We mostly rambled in Connecticut, but we did do some uh, backcountry hiking in Connecticut, in the Connecticut woodlands. We enjoyed... Uh, you know, The Hanging Hills of Meriden. I always stick out because I love that title, The Hanging Hills of Meriden. Meriden, Connecticut uh, has some uh, incredible uh, cliffs that uh, you can see from a great, great distance. And uh, so that was a great experience in Connecticut. And in Rhode Island, we did some rambles. I know, in, uh, especially in southern, uh, south, uh, western Rhode Island, or western Rhode Island, I should say, um, walking and rambling through little farm communities, um, the little villages. Uh, we did village rambles uh, where Claude would really get into describing, uh, getting into uh, his experiences there because he's always, he was always there before. He always sort of had a pretext. Um, there was always a, a pretext that he had been there before. But and some of it was newly explored, and he was he was learning it as as we went along too. Uh, but you know, Claude had some innate nature, has some innate nature on on, uh, you know, uh, which which lends itself to um, a really really good um, uh, satisfying um, experience as far as just kind of like taking in the local, you know, if, if it's a ramble. And it's an intimate ramble through a village. You know, you've got the you you've got the um, quintessential um, green uh, village green with the church, the white steepled church. Uh, you know, and it's 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 figures prominently on the landscape, and it's obvious there. And there's plaques you can go up and read. You can read signs, and is is you know there's trailheads, of course, into the into into some uh, into some woodland uh, things, and I I think of Connecticut a lot on those rambles. I know we did a lot up in New Hampshire and on the Vermont line too. So the takeaway on peer, on perseverance is that if you um, just give it a chance. Uh, if you give it a rest, if it's towards the end of the day, it's timing out good anyway, put it to bed. Come back to it next morning. Okay? Sleep between that discouraging part that you don't think that you could even you could even do the job, really. There was actually a, there was actually a point where I thought and this is amazing, actually. It's amazing um, I, as to how the mind works because I, I think I approach graphic design with a pretty healthy attitude. 
and the projects I take in and I embrace them uh, pretty enthusiastically. Um, I wouldn't work on it if I didn't have, if I wasn't into it in quotes, you know. Um, I, I think um, I think you have to be into what you're doing uh, to to motivate you to continue to do it. It's all about motivation. It's an aspect. Perseverance is an aspect of motivation. If you don't have the motivation to begin with, you're not going to even start the project or accept the work. You'll you'll just say, "No, nah, I'm not really, you know, I'm not really doing any graphic design right now. I'm just kind of going to just uh, take it easy." then, you know, you are removing yourself from that um, outlet. But it's, it, to me, it was like riding a bike. Uh, I was able to format the, the multi-page book, uh, modest amount of pages by, you know, it's not a lot of, not a lot of pages in the scheme of things. But um, to, you know, and I use Adobe Illustrator. That's my go-to program of choice. Um, and um, I, uh, you know, I, I work on the cloud, and um, so basically, it's it's a good setup, um, and it afforded me. Uh, I, and I love the brand new version of Illustrator. Uh, it, it's awesome. It, it's, it's so incredible. Uh, I was able to put each of the pages and, and blocks of text in and align them up to the previous page uh, using sort of a magic margin that kind of snaps you right into place. Whatever you establish on the first page or establish with the first um, uh, type uh, block, or text block, I should say, um, on each, each of the artboards, because you're setting up separate artboards when you set up Adobe Illustrator. And it saves as a, as a continuous one-piece PDF, which is awesome. So um, separate artboards, and they represent separate pages of the, of the book, um, the book of life. Uh, the, and, uh, to me, it was, uh, it was a, a kind of just um, awesome uh, thing to be able to work uh, in a program that gives you that... that, that uh, that whole um, ergonomic experience that's totally intuitive uh, and uh, I'm able to go from an old version of Adobe Illustrator to brand spanking new version and uh, I like it very much I like it very much so perseverance um, is a key is a key of this segment um, uh, and uh, I, I enjoy talking about uh uh, breakthroughs and uh, epiphanies of sort, uh, and uh, and this was experienced through uh, working on my computer on a pro on a project uh, that uh, was uh, underestimated underestimated in its uh, relative complexity. So there's there's a little bit of elements going on. You got to kind of keep consideration of the design look of the piece. Um, it's a design piece of this booklet and um, I tried to make the cover the cover is going to be on a heavier stock than the rest of the book um, and it's going to be on an uncoated white wove um, for anybody who's specking out a nice booklet use a nice uh, let's say uh, 80 pound cover and, uh, and, and, and inside would be a a um, you know, an 80-pound text. I think those are good weights to work with. And digital printing, I think you might be limited to the stock you can run. 
although the technology improves every day. And I'm very confident these are gonna be looking really good. Uh, and I'm, I'm really confident that the client's gonna uh, like them. So uh, it's, a run of, it's a run of 30 right now, it's just a small run. It's gonna be for an event um, that's coming up. They're gonna be handed out um, and, um, and uh, it's great. So perseverance was what I talked about, folks. Um, talk me some art and other stories. We try to bring in art and the art of, I guess the art of living, uh, you can call it that, because it's, it's talk me some art and other stories. Always remember that in the title and other stories, that's, that's key. Um, I, I bring in other stories uh, of my life and my experiences. And again, what I, what I don't feel is worthy of sharing, what I feel, you know, when I think about a segment to do, and it is sort of spur of the moment, um, I didn't plan to talk about perseverance until I had the experience of perseverance, uh, my own experience with it, and how it, how it uh, you know, the impression it left on me, and, and enough to be enthusiastic about it, to talk about it. And I always ask that question, is the audience going to be interested in what I'm talking about? Maybe I'm interested in about it. You know, it's like Buckles Brannigan. I, I always feel like he sets it up in his accent, the way his whole speech pattern is, the, the rhythm of his talking is really key uh, to his character uh, on a podcast. And I always feel that I think people uh, enjoy the character. Otherwise, I wouldn't do him. And with me in the studio right now, is uh, Buckles Brannigan. He's here in Pawtucket, and welcome, Buckles. And guy, welcome. I welcome. I, I say hi to you. It's wonderful. I can't believe uh, the congeniality of just about every folk that I've come across uh, up here in, in this part of New England. Uh, it's, uh, it's a lovely state, and this is a beautiful day here in uh, late June. It's, uh, it's the 24th uh, of June and uh, 2021, and the uh, sky is of a beautiful blue color, and it's a beautiful bright morning. It looks like a mountain bike ride for me. Is this, uh, is this where you're coming in? Uh, come on in more close, close, come in closer a little bit there, Buckles. How's this guy? I think that's better. Uh, so, um, what's, uh, what is, what's up with the mountain biking? Guy, I haven't had a chance to really get on the bike for about a month now. Um, uh, seems like ages ago that I was on the bike, but it's only about a month uh, but I like my, my, my mountain bike. I was more uh, in the horse uh, down in South Fork, uh, where I'm from, and uh, that part of Texas down there by the Rio Grande, uh, western Texas, and uh, not too far from Pearson Box Canyon. And that's a story I'm going to get into um, when, I, when I regroup here, guys. Uh, well, regroup. I want to hear that story. Uh, your latest experience at Pearson Canyon. Uh, Box Canyon? Yes, it's a Box Canyon. Um, 
and you're so you're this is all about another uh, experience with the gold back in 1878 1879 1879 guy we were in Box Canyon and I was with the Morgan brothers I wasn't sure about their intentions but they turned out uh, you know I it's one of those kind of things that you didn't get into any kind of heated exchange with these guys because they, they could run hot and cold, both of them. Uh, and uh, this, this is the other Morgan brothers that different from the Morgan gang, uh, notorious gunslinger gang, uh, wreaking havoc uh, in, 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 in towns outlying, not just in South Fork, but in towns towns um, uh, on the outskirts uh, and little little towns that didn't mean any harm uh, end up being taken over by these ruthless uh, gunslinger uh, these gunfighters really uh, engaging in just about every time you experience anything with them uh, look out in other words if they're in the saloon uh, I'm going to even have some trepidations although I don't have any real I kind of uh, don't even really. It's actually, I've encountered them uh, in many, many a saloon, not just in South Fork. I uh, had a peaked interest in them uh, when um, in just my interest in, 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 in what their exploits were. They were a notorious gang, a couple of stagecoach robberies uh, were had. Uh, both Wells Fargo, both Wells Fargo, uh, and uh, one of them was bonds. One of them was actually solid gold being transported. Uh, they, 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 actually, it, no, that wasn't gold. That wasn't gold. That wasn't gold. That was not gold. That was another another incident that happened on a regular stage but this was and this was also this was personal property of someone coming in from Denver it was a Denver stage not Wells Fargo and the owner very unwisely didn't come over uh, didn't bring over didn't have it done by Wells Fargo I think he would have been better off this stage was held up and this was uh, he had uh, gold coins and he had about $14,000 worth of gold coins that he was carrying with him so you think of the weight of that you know that's a lot of money back then that's a lot of weight uh and that's you know that's that's sort of not smart not the way to do it uh the Wells Fargo guarantees that their their cargo is going to arrive at its destination its final destination, and that would be in the safe, the Wells Fargo safe, um, and then and then uh, a portion to the, uh, or then uh, probably ultimately to the bank vault of, of that town. I'm not sure how uh, all those dynamics are really interesting, but my interest in the Morgan uh, pair, uh, they were really just kind of, uh, they no relation to the other Morgans. That's what happens when people move out west. You know, you get 
you learn a lot of names. You learn a lot of names on our TV shows. We had a lot of names. Uh, we had um, uh, one feller, uh, Ives Standish, and he um, he came in from the east. He was a uh, he really was a uh, uh, a tin horn uh, kind of guy. Um, scar on his left cheek uh, that cut into his chin and pretty deep, pretty deep, almost a facial deformity. You could classify it as that uh, easily. And uh, But it was his mark and uh, he was a tin horn, but he had a uh, ruthless side to him and uh, he got, he got, he, uh, he took property from, from one man that bit. He had a great hand, and uh, the, the, uh, the tin horn took him in the end, and uh, he thinks he cheated, but he never really pursued it. Um, and I forget who that, who that victim was. He lost his ranch. He lost his ranch to Ives. Um and um, I-V-E-S and um, I've Standish and uh, he carried a gun okay I think it was his left hand left hander and um, that gun uh, was always beside him uh, you didn't you didn't kind of fuck with him but you knew he was a cheat and no good no good cheat a no good car cheat and how he survived is almost a testament to how ruthless he was because and you know when you got into a card game with him you knew that the stakes were going to be high but you knew that if you had the best the only way you're going to get by him would be to bluff and uh, he's he was just a uh, one of those guys that um, you, you kind of I don't even know why these other guys got involved with card games with these guys. Was it for the drama? Was it, I think if you were in a card game with Ives Standish, you were in a card game uh, of drama and intrigue and high stakes. And uh, you just had a feeling that you could beat this guy in invincibility. Invincibility to so many of the characters that traipsed through our shows uh, uh, on our 1957 uh, through 63 series of uh, Buckles Brannigan and um, you can check out my Buckles Brannigan uh, I hope you check it out I hope you enjoy uh, these installments and we call them that because they were we, we, we kind of had a good um, ensemble put together for these for these shows and uh and uh, but it's great to be here in the studio, guy at Pawtucket on this beautiful June day, late June. And uh, the, I look out your studio window, I see a great tree across the way, it must be about 70, 80 feet high, 70 feet high at least, and 70 feet wide. It's round, it's, it's like a perfectly round, it actually looks wider than it is taller. Uh, but I suspect that it's it's as tall it is, as, as it is wide. Uh, I like the New England landscape, but you know I got an affinity for my 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 my, my South Fork uh, Southern 
southwestern Texas landscape. And I love my townscape. I love the town of North, South Fork. And uh, whether you're going north or you're going south, uh, south is a, is a river. It's not too far from where the town is. And uh, it's uh, it, it, it carries through some it's, uh, progressive ideas when you're on a river, you know. And I think uh, South Fork has a little bit of that for a small town. And uh, I'm going to be going back uh, later on today. I'm taking the flight back. And we're going to go back in time when it's once I land uh, on the on the airstrip uh, at South Fork, uh, the trip the plane will dis- disappear from 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 the landing uh, the rough landing area that is of the old west, and it becomes the old west. Uh, it's a pavement when the when the jet first lands, but as as an instant in an instant in a cosmic instant, it is. Uh, disappears and, and all of a sudden is, there's a waiting uh, stage waiting and it's a Wells Fargo stage and it's waiting with the team of horses and the team as we call it and uh, you know you uh, you embark on the stage and uh, you're in for a dusty ride a little bit into the further out inskirts in innards of town uh, South Fork has a good largest uh, area for its, uh, its, its, its the population is small, but it's got a large, good-sized large area, and um, the landscape is, is is beautiful. I love I love my town of South Fork, and I could always go on and explain it. Um, I helped at the uh, blacksmith. I learned a little bit more about blacksmithing. I'm interested in blacksmithing of late. And I've shooed some horses, uh, and I'm getting much more proficient at it. But I'm trying to do some kind of artisan, kind of hinges, special wrought wrought iron. Uh, I'm into wrought iron right now, and uh, doing some different kind of ornamental designs. We've tried to bring some beauty to our town uh, with its hardware and its doors and its look, the look of the town. How does it look? Uh, we got a western vibe and it's, it's almost perfect, but we don't know if it's perfect, but we go for it. We go for it. And uh, was, we, you talked about perseverance on your previous segment, Guy. I heard a good part of it as I came into the studio. And uh, that's perseverance is what this the trademark of South Fork. I guess you could call it perseverance capital of the world. And we've overcome real home, bad hombres coming through town and powerful brokers that think that they can buy our citizenry. If our citizenry knows that we've got a higher goal in mind and they, there's, uh, there can be some kind of real prosperity coming from the land, from the the hard work and the hard scrabble, and it's a good portion of the population that are in ranchers and sodbusters, and uh, and but it, it, the only thing South Fork could be considered suffering from would be the fact that it's a it has a lot of real transient uh, folk coming through, uh, episodical people coming through. Uh, wreaking havoc. They typically are typically not the best of savory characters. But there's class acts that come in through uh, from Europe, 
Uh, we've had visitors coming in through Europe and staying at our lovely hotel, the Old Yeller, and the new hotel coming online. And um, so we're we're excited to be in 1878. Back in 1878 and 1879 is what we talked about the Pearson Canyon. But I'm I'm actually gonna be leaving. I have to leave, and I I'm gonna we're gonna talk about Pers- the Pearson Canyon experience that I had recently, guy. But I can't talk about it now. I guess I got into off subjects there. I'm excited about your project that it turned out right. Your graphic design project that you worked on for a booklet that you were doing that incorporated text and photos and that you had run into a real problem, but that you persevered, of course, and uh, that's our word of the day, and that's going to be the title of this segment, Perseverance, uh, or Persevere. Maybe I'll just call it that. Well, guy, we should just call it that. I'm here. Oh, good guy. It's going on and on, and here you are. It's about 15 to 10, 15 minutes later, and I'm still talking about South Fork, you know, uh, but those towns, those towns are good all around it too. There's a lot of uh, thinking north of South Fork. I'm thinking of uh, the outposts and the way stations and the character, the whole character of the immediate or the uh, uh, the hinterlands of uh, of the South Fork reaches and its influence. South Fork has a little bit of a magnetism to it and influence. And through the, through the testament of its town folk, you know, and the people are interested in the town. That's why we get a lot of people that come through. Uh, we wish that more of them would settle. Population, we could see them being a little bit higher. Uh, we've got some hill folk, uh, great people. And we've had done a couple of segment, podcast segments on the hill folk of South Fork. And my experiences with those uh, people. And uh, all good, all good. I mean, they're great musicians too, you know. I know it probably it seems like a stereotype, but we got some great stereo. We got some great. Uh, we get some great uh, uh, musicians in town too, in town folk. Uh, got a great piano player in Saloon, and Johnson's Gem Saloon. And so I love talking about South Fork, and I, guy, it's great to talk with you. It's great. It's great having you, uh, Buckles, as usual. And I know you got to go, so you're probably going to have to leave fast. I'm actually, I'm actually leaving. I'm going to actually uh, close the door here and, and bid you farewell. So long, uh, until we hook up again. Okay. Take care. Take care, Buckles. Bye now. That's Buckles Brannigan. And I'm glad you could join us for this this segment of Talk Me Some Art and other stories of perseverance. <laughs>